Hey everybody, this is Chris. Welcome to episode 10, the milestone episode 10 of Chris's on Infinite Earths here at the Chris and Reggie channel. You can find this program every other Wednesday at chrisandreggie.podbean.com and also at the all-new chrisandreggie.com. Now this week we've got a uh, an educational <laughs> installment here. Oh, maybe not really, but we are going to be discussing... Uh, Titan's Young Justice Graduation Day. Uh, it's a three-part miniseries from 2003. And uh, the reason we're going to discuss that is because it takes me back to my graduation day back in uh, May of 2017, which is when these uh, were originally posted at the blog. Uh, the first one was May 12th, 2017, and it ran through the 14th. Now, this was a uh, an interesting one for me. Uh, I don't I don't travel very often, uh, and when you do a daily blog, uh, you really don't take into account, or at least I didn't take into account, the possibility of, you know, not being home to to publish a uh, a post, and so I had to actually uh, do all three of these ahead of time, and uh, that isn't terribly unusual, uh, especially if you look at my earlier posts from uh, you know the spring of 2016 or so. They, uh, they weren't nearly as in-depth as they would become. Um, uh, probably doing part two, not really having the structure for the site down, and, uh, and also maybe being a little bit trepidatious about spoiling things, even if they're 20, 30, 40, 50-year-old stories. I still felt kind of weird about spoiling things. Uh, you know, then I see that uh, a lot of folks aren't too concerned about worry about spoiling books that came out today so i, I guess i, I kind of got over it a little bit um so i had to publish these or i had to put them together ahead of time because uh, i was going to be gone that weekend and uh it uh, really instilled in me what a uh, time crunch a lot of this can be and, and we're going to be circling back to that uh, again toward the end here um <laughs> i've mentioned time and time again that uh Blogger isn't always the uh, the most user friendly, uh, or at least the most Chris friendly <laughs> um, site out there. Uh, I, I have trouble trusting it. You know, even even if I uh, schedule something to publish an hour from now, I, I still get a little bit on edge whether or not it's actually going to happen because uh, it feels like you know fifty percent of the time either it doesn't do it or I did something wrong. Um, and uh, what I intended to happen just, you know, simply doesn't happen. And so uh, I had these three posts just kind of floating in the ether, you know. They were sitting there in the hopper, ready to go. But uh, I wasn't going to be home and I wasn't going to be with my computer to ensure that they went. I had to count on bloggers scheduling to, uh, to actually schedule it to actually publish it to put them put them on the site when uh, when I needed them to go on the site uh, the only you know device I had with me for this trip was my phone which uh, I, I don't know about you guys I'm not I'm, I'm still not you know that adept at using a smartphone for uh, for like full internet like I'll use it for the apps I'll use it for like a you know like sending a tweet or something but I still don't like I don't like doing my you know my you know, check out my blog tweet on Twitter because I, I just don't like how it's formatted. I, I I can't really wrap my head around it. I guess that's probably more of a personal problem than an indictment on uh, on smartphones and and, uh, and the you know the way those are configured. But uh, 
the, the, the point I'm getting to here, and I'm taking a scenic route, and I'll, and I'll probably hit a few more scenic exits as we continue, uh, I wasn't going to be able to publish on the run, on the go, and uh, I had to count on Blogger to actually do what I asked it to do. And compounding that, uh, my trip, the thing of it was, this was a very, it was an unexpected trip. Um, it was to go to, to attend my own college graduation, which, again, was unexpected because I attended college locally. Uh, my school, it's a Trine University, uh, based out of Angola, Indiana. They have uh, some sort of like a sister city program with uh, Peoria, Arizona, where I live. And they had themselves a satellite, uh, a satellite campus uh, not too far from where I lived. And uh, when they came, they uh, they were very uh, helpful to to, uh, to folks who might have been stuck in the uh, nebulous community college scene out here. They uh, offered discounted tuition, all all these incentives to attend and. Uh, and so I did. I, I enrolled, and uh, that's where I wound up getting my, my bachelor's degree. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I... I hate to lump uh, all community colleges into the same heap here, but uh, it's not unusual to, like, take a couple of semesters of classes and then find out that they changed <laughs> they changed the roadmap to what degree you wanted. They're like, oh, well, half those classes you took, well, they no longer count. So you need to take these bunch of classes. And, and it feels like you're just... You're just stuck, like, forever. I, I was in community college from 2011 to 2015 and uh, had all these credits that were no longer uh, applicable to, uh, to, my, to the roadmap that they set for me when we started this. And then we'd revisit it year after year, and things just kept changing. And it really, you know, you really lose your... You really use your oomph to, to get your uh, your degree to, to transfer to university because it just it feels like it's never going to happen. And you're taking these classes and you're paying for these classes only to find out that they no longer apply to what you're pursuing. And uh, finally decided, you know, just gonna I'm gonna stomp on the brakes here. We're gonna just go to university. <laughs> and uh, and this uh, and this the and the school I went to was fantastic. They uh, applied whatever credits they could. They, they requested my transcripts because that's something that... Another one of those things that I have trouble wrapping my head around is uh, a lot of the, you know, the silly just admin stuff, you know, uh, requesting transcripts, uh, uh, you know, setting up financial aid, all that, uh, ordering books even. I, you know, that's the stuff that I always, like, kind of stumble with. And uh, this school, since they were, you know, looking for enrollment, they were, you know, trying to establish themselves here, they uh, were more than helpful in getting me in the door. And everything was going great, but uh, a few weeks or a few months before graduation, uh, they closed up the satellite, uh, the satellite uh, campus. And so, if I wanted to attend my own graduation, I was going to have to travel to Indiana to do so. And so, <laughs> wasn't planning on it, but you know, it's one of those things you don't want to miss. Your, your own college graduation, so, or at least I didn't, and, uh, and, you know, the wife and my family were talking me into doing this, and I'm not good with travel, which is, uh, it's just, uh, if you know anything about me, I, I, I get very, very anxious and fidgety when it comes to even the potential of traveling, um, I like being in my own bed, 
I like being in my own house. So the idea of traveling, you know, halfway across the country to to just spend the day really wasn't my idea of a good time. And uh, but I was talked into it, and so you know we went. And here's the thing: we uh, we fly into uh, O'Hare in Chicago. Uh, I was calling the school to find out what the best way was. This is uh, the closest airport to the college was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and uh, so they told me, and I was like, "Hey, you can land in Detroit and then take another flight into into." into Fort Wayne or into Chicago into Fort Wayne because there was no direct flights from Phoenix to Fort Wayne, unfortunately. So we're flying into Chicago and we're stuck on the tarmac in Chicago or whatever you call the uh, the airport. Uh, we're stuck there for uh, like three hours. So we miss our connecting flight into Fort Wayne. And the next flight, I mean, this we, we left Friday morning my graduation was Saturday morning. We land in Chicago Friday evening, and we miss the flight. And the next flight out to Fort Wayne is Saturday morning. So we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. We got to rent a car in Chicago and drive the four to five hours to Fort Wayne. And uh, and as we're doing this, I'm just like, I'm flipping out. Because uh, travel ain't my thing to begin with. And inconvenience. <laughs> Is is even worse. I mean, I felt like I was inconvenienced as it was. I, I could have been I could have been carried there on a chariot, and I still would have felt inconvenienced. So, needless to say, being you know stranded in Chicago, trying to uh, trying to find a car and trying to uh, trying to make the trip into uh, into Fort Wayne was just rather daunting, and uh, wound up taking the drive. Uh, we didn't arrive in Angola until about. 2.33 in the morning. I had to be up at 6 to, uh, to get ready for the, uh, for the graduation. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I, we get to sleep for like a half hour, an hour or so. Wake up, and like an idiot, it's my graduation day. The first thing I do is check the plug to make sure the post went through. And it didn't. The post wasn't there. So my Saturday post, which is graduation day number two, wasn't on the site. And uh, I'm I'm freaking out. I don't know. I, I can't remember any passwords. I, I don't know how to log into my own my own damn blog on the go. I can't even do it. And uh, so I'm freaking out. And uh, finally, uh, a couple hours later, it does show up because because of the, the time difference. You know, uh, <laughs> like like a fool, I didn't realize that. You know, I set it to publish at Arizona time, and. Uh, which isn't the same time in Indiana. You know, that's a couple hours in ahead of us. So it finally did publish, but it really uh, really made me think about... It, I, I don't even know what it made me think about. It made me worry. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, at this point, I was over a year uh, daily, and I, I didn't want to blow it. Um, and I really didn't want to blow it for something I considered a mildly selfish reason, you know, in going on a trip. You know, I, I, for some reason, I prioritize this blog above a lot of things in, in, in my life. And it's silly, I'm sure, but uh, it's something that I did. And uh, it finally published, and the next day, it also published. And everything, everything turned out to be fine. <laughs> and uh, a lot of worry for nothing. Um, 
and and it was a very nice day in uh, in uh, Indiana. There, uh, I went through the graduation. Uh, it was May, and uh, the weather was a, a lot nicer in Indiana than it was in Arizona. Because in Arizona, in May, it could be you could be we could be in the hundreds at that point. And in Indiana, it was probably like seventy-five degrees, eighty degrees, and sunny. It was, it was a beautiful day, and uh, got to visit their uh, their Coney Island uh, restaurant down there. That's been open for over a hundred years. Had a, had a few really great hot dogs there. And uh, uh, one of my hobbies, uh, outside of comics, of course, I I, I love cooking, and uh, and I, I got just captivated by this uh, Coney sauce that they had at this restaurant, and. Uh, I spent the next couple weeks, uh, if you ever seen that episode of Friends where uh, Monica is trying to, like, disassemble a chocolate chip cookie to, to its component parts to, dis- to like, try to, try to suss out the recipe for it. I was doing the same thing with this Coney sauce because it's, uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, secrets that they had at the restaurants. Like, they wouldn't tell you anything that was in it. And uh, so I'm, you know, I'm sitting over a pot of boiling meat. I'm pressing it through a strainer. I'm, I'm, I'm I have uh, celery seeds and a mortar and pestle. I'm just going to town trying to re, uh, refigure this, uh, this recipe. And uh, by the time I came up with something comparable, I was already sick of the taste. So it was <laughs> one of those things. Um, another thing I got to do in Fort Wayne was visit my comic book store. Uh, folks who know me know that I go through DCBS, Discount Comic Book Services. I've been doing that for almost a decade now. And they're based out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, so I definitely wanted to visit that while I was in town. And I uh, was imagining it to be some sort of like a Xanadu, you know? Like, ooh, this is the place where I get my stuff. This is going to be an amazing visit. And it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it was a it was a comic book store, you know? It was a... Uh, maybe more of a more of a Big Bang sort of store where uh, comics were not the primary focus of the shop. Um, I was hoping that they'd have, you know, just a, a wild array of back issues, and and they didn't. Um, you know, not every store does anymore, and uh, which uh, kind of stinks. But what are you gonna do, right? Um, they their back issue selection was like it was like comparable to like the six month wall. At, uh, at other stores where it's just like, okay, well, here's six months worth of stuff and here's variant covers. You know, here's a couple years worth of variants if you want to spend all that money. But I didn't. And uh, and I was the only one there. There was, a, there was a clerk who really didn't even look up from what they were reading. So walked in, looked around, walked out. Uh, wound up going to a half-price books down the block and picking something up there instead. But uh, it, was a, it was a fun little trip. Um, and I'm glad I did it. And... The uh, the funny thing is this whole time I'm going through this, you know, big, you know, a big moment in my life here. Uh, finally graduating college, you know, 20 years after I graduated high school, finally getting the degree. And what I'm worried about is my stupid Titans Young Justice blog post. <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> but uh, without any further ado, let's get into this three-part miniseries from 2003, Titans Young Justice Graduation Day. Alrighty, Titans, Young Justice, Graduation Day, number one. Cover dated July 2003. Title, Graduation Day, Part 1, Invocation. Written by Judd Winnick, pencils, Ale Garza, inked Trevor Scott. 
Colorist Jeremy Cox, Letters Comicraft, Associate Editor Liza Hawkins, or Lisa Hawkins perhaps, Editor Eddie Berganza, cover price $2.50. Now we open with Donna Troy locked in battle with some beasties during a thunderstorm. Only to learn out that this is actually just a recurring nightmare that Ms. Troy has been experiencing for quite some time now. She finds that the more time she experiences it, the less scary it becomes, and it stands to reason, but that fact scares her most of all. We jump forward about a month in time to see a female robot with blue-green skin emerging from a portal, and she appears to be from the future. We meet up with the Titans the following day in San Francisco. They're meeting with the CEO of the Optatron Corp about a sort of kind of sponsorship deal. Gene Walters is the suit they're talking to, and he's offering the team a whole lot of perks, which causes the ears of several members of the team to perk. Uh, Nightwing, however, isn't so sure. In fact, he turns Walters down cold. He sicks Lilith Clay on Walters to do a little bit of mind reading, and she finds that Optatron is doing it primarily for the potential tax breaks the arrangements would afford them. However, he really doesn't appear to want to do some... He, this, this fellow really does seem to want to do some good, right? Now, despite the feelings of his teammates, Nightwing still declines the offer, and he stomps out of the office. In the waiting room, we see Young Justice. They're also waiting for a meeting with Mr. Walters. We shift down to the Tucson base of the Metal Men, just as they're joined by our new blue robot girlfriend. She interfaces with the Metal Men, however, learns that they have insufficient cybernetic technology to be of any use to her. Back in San Francisco, the Titans are leaving the Optitron building, and uh, they're all pretty annoyed at Nightwing for turning down what might have been a great opportunity for the team. They don't get to squabble all that long, however, as that robot girl arrives on the scene, and she immediately latches on to Cyborg. Young Justice members Empress and Impulse head in to help, but neither are successful. Impulse is actually vibrated into the robot girl, and she explodes. Well, she doesn't actually explode, she just causes a really big boom, basically. Superboy snags the robot, but is snap-mad into next week. Donna Troy delivers a rabbit punch to the back of the baddie, and Tempest blasts her with his eye beams. Then, Roy takes, takes aim and shoots her arm right off. It looks as though the bot is about to deactivate, however, before she does, she summons another portal and blinks on out. The issue ends with the Titans and Young Justice members laid out. Cyborg tells Nightwing that he knows that this robot girl was scared, and he believes that she never meant to actually hurt anybody. Nightwing, however, isn't convinced. So yeah, that was the first issue. Uh, A little breezy, Uh, (laughs) and... uh, when I read this to cover for the blog, I liked it a little bit more than I liked it the first time through. I think the first time through, I was more bummed out that Young Justice was going away. Um, so it kind of clouded my judgment. I, I kind of had a bias against it. Um, and Judd Winnick, um, really, I run I run hot and cold with uh, with Winnick, and uh, mostly cold. Uh, I find that when he is when he's on, he's really on. But when he's not, it's uh, it's not good comics, at least in my opinion. Um, so the first time around, I I really disliked it, and uh, which might not completely be an indictment on the story, but uh, I I couldn't get into it. Um, the second time I read it, and then the subsequent time now, uh, it's yeah, it's all right. It's it's boilerplate. <laughs> it's uh, just superhero team up stuff. 
nothing to hate, nothing really to latch onto either. Um, you know, um, an immediate takeaway here is that Nightwing is written to be so unlikable here. I, I don't know if he's living up to his name or what, but uh, he's being, you know, very c- cynical. And uh, but it, it is, it is to like kind of the nth degree here. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't really pull the team to find out what they should do with this Optatron deal. He just decides on his own that it's not going to happen, which doesn't seem like doesn't seem like something that uh, Nightwing would do. It seems like he would uh, he would let the uh, the rest of the team share their opinion and, and he would weigh it uh, following that. Um, we've got the Donna Troy nightmare bits, uh, which uh, the Titans title that came into this that was that was you know that was being concluded with this uh, miniseries wasn't all that great at this point. Um, kind of an afterthought on the uh, on the docket, but. Uh, these nightmare bits, they seem kind of out of left field if you were following that. Um, of course, they're going to they're going to be necessary when we get to the ending, and uh, we're going to find out that there was a little behind the scenes, uh, you know, string pulling for that as well. But we'll get there. Uh, the art here is all right. Um, this is around the turn of the century where we kind of conflated young heroes with manga style. Uh, so uh, Garza's work is sort of manga-influenced, and uh, it just seemed like that's what we were doing for all young hero books to uh, differentiate them from, uh, you know, the books starring adults, uh, for better or for worse. Not not my favorite uh, look for a Western comic. I, I do love manga art, but uh, it's very seldom, um, it very seldom works to me. When we're looking at Western comics, uh, outside of like a Joe Majuara, I, I really, I really don't like it all that much. Not my favorite. Um, but uh, that was the first issue. Uh, like I said, it was breezy. And uh, let's not waste any more time. We'll hop right into issue number two. <laughs> Titans Young Justice Graduation Day number two, July 20th, 2003 cover date. Graduation Day Part 2, Commencement, written by Judd Winnick, penciled by Ali Garza, inked by Larry Stucker, colors Jeremy Cox, letters Comicraft, associate editor Lisa Hawkins, editor Eddie Braganza, it also had a cover price of $2.50. This issue opens at San Francisco General Hospital, which is evidently like the greatest hospital on the West Coast. The Titans and Young Justicers are being treated... Nightwing is there directing traffic, imploring that no masks are removed unless it's absolutely necessary. Dr. Sarah Charles from Star Labs arrives to tend to her on-again, off-again buddy, Cyborg. Meanwhile, at Star Labs' Silicon Valley facility, that mysterious bluish-green robot girl arrives to raise a little bit of hell. The security team proves to be, to be enough to take her down, at least initially, uh, likely due to the damage that she'd already taken from her battle with the Titans and Young Justice. As she sits, seemingly prone, she lets off an energy surge that fries all the guards. The robot girl slumps to the ground, and as the smoke clears, she is joined by... Superman. Back at the hospital, Robin is chewing Superboy out for the recklessness their team showed in their earlier battle. Cone tries to reason with them, suggesting that the Titans had rough patches during their early days, uh, you know, not to mention today. Uh, Robin shrugs him off. Nearby, we see that Dick and Donna are within earshot earshot of uh, Tim and Cone's conversation. Donna suggests they head over and let them know that no team is perfect. Dick declines. 
she suggests that to offer that they, they maybe they lead Young Justice. Uh, once again, Dick declines and changes the subject to discuss her recurring nightmares. They head into a stairwell where they run into Wonder Girl. Dick gives the Wonders Girls some space so they can have a chat. Cassie's really upset and she questions how much better her life might be if she was just a normal teenager. We shift to a scene between Roy and Vic. Victor is trying to convince Roy that that little robot girl didn't mean any harm. Roy, like Dick before him, ain't buying it. But Victor is steadfast. On a waiting room television, news of the Silicon Valley facility attack is shown. Nightwing calls for all able-bodied heroes to join him in order to check it out. Upon arrival, they find Superman standing among the wreckage. They all realize that there's something very wrong with this picture. Lilith walks over to Superman in an attempt to use her psychic powers on him, and he grabs her by the throat and snaps her neck, killing her immediately. Her corpse drops to the floor, and Superman turns his attention to our crew of young heroes, and his, glo- his eyes are glowing red. And uh, if you look at the cover of this issue, it's the Titans fighting Superman, so the, the cover spoils it, but uh, what are you going to do, right? Um, the next issue is going to do the same thing. It's going to spoil the ending of the series, but uh, yeah. Now, here we get to see the Titans and Young Justice licking their wounds. It's written kind of at an un- uneven pace, uh, just like the first issue. Uh, but in this case, it kind of it kind of serves it the tone rather well, uh, because it's it's uncomfortable and, and frantic. It kind of fits what the the characters themselves might be feeling, you know. Uh, Nightwing here continues to be wildly unpleasant, um, though you know he is worried about his team at this juncture. So I, I guess we can dismiss it as as that. Um, I, I don't uh, necessarily dig. Uh, why why wouldn't Dick go over to comfort Robin and Superboy? Right, I, I that I don't understand. Uh, Donna suggested it, and Dick dismissed it immediately. Um, I mean, Tim Drake is basically you know, his little brother in all but blood, right? So why wouldn't he say, "Hey, Tim, what's up? You know, can I help you out here?" Um, <laughs> in my original post, I, I said uh, to use some crass DCYOU era promotional copy. It seems like Mister Winnick might not know Dick, which. Uh, he might not, <laughs> judging on how he's uh, being portrayed here. We've got the scene between Vic and Roy, which was pretty cool. Uh, it helped to frame that that little robot girl lost is maybe more of a victim than a villain. Uh, <laughs> at this point, though, the Outsiders series that's spinning out of this has already been solicited, so we already know she's going to be on that team. I mean, it's all a moot point anyway, right? Uh, the ending, Lilith is killed. Uh, very unceremoniously. Um, and we're not even going to get a chance to mourn it because uh, next issue promises yet another death. And if you've already seen the cover, you know it's one that's going to overshadow Lilith's death. Um, <laughs> it's funny because we we talk about like the post-Jeff Johns run where it seemed like every single month a titan was being killed. Uh, they were they were becoming like a meat factory, basically, and uh, this is really just the start of it. Um, <laughs> without any uh, without any more delay, let's hop right into the concluding concluding chapter of this miniseries. Titans: Young Justice Graduation Day Number Three, August two thousand three cover. 
Graduation Day, Part 3, Recessional. Written by Judd Winnick, penciled by Ali Garza. Inks, Trevor Scott, Marlo Alkiza. Colors, Jeremy Cox. Associate Editor, Lisa Hawkins. Editor, Eddie Berganza. Alrighty, so we open with Tempest being kapowed from Star Lab Silicon Valley into a nearby fire engine. Dr. Sarah Charles and her team have arrived, and upon seeing Garth's prone body, they call in one hell of a trouble ticket. And it would seem that one of their Superman androids might have been activated. Uh, Probably not a good idea to even have Superman androids, right? I mean, at least in the post-crisis, it's not something you really want to mess with. Anyway... We shift to a scene in which the Supermandroid is uh, beating the holy hell out of the amalgamation, amalgamated uh, young titans, or titan justice, whatever we're going to call them. Impulse is thrown from the fracas and lands next to a strange bubbling goop, which will be sort of important later on. At an opportune moment, Donna spears the robo-soups out of the building. This gives Arsenal, with uh, his stupid-looking cyber beard, I mean, he's got this headgear, it looks like a chin-strap beard. It's really, really bad. Uh, well, it gives him the chance to maybe repair that little blue robot girl that we met the past couple of issues. Superman, Droid, and Donna duke it out in the air, and Superboy arrives to lend a hand. With the android distracted, Nightwing approaches and attaches a thermocharge to the bot's back, which goes off and uh, really just ticks the robot off. It doesn't, doesn't do a whole lot of damage. Uh, Back at Star Labs, Roy and Robin tinker with that girl robot. They suddenly smell something kind of strange. They describe it as being somewhere between trees and bread. Turns out what they're smelling was that strange bubbling puddle that we we saw earlier, now popping fresh with the yeasty goodness of Metamorpho. Back outside, Donna and the Superman droid continue their brawl. Donna lands a powerful blow that knocks the bot's left arm off. She tackles him and proceeds to pummel it. The Superman droid lay motionless, and just as Donna is about to land what might be the killing blow, its left eye glows red and fires a beam right through Donna's chest. The Superman droid pulls itself to its feet just as the little blue robot girl arrives. She uses her whatever-the-hell powers to deactivate him. The two machines slump to the ground, and the day is saved. But... The Superman droid's damage has already been done. To the side, Dick and Roy are cradling Donna Troy's lifeless body. We shift ahead to Donna's funeral. She's dead, which appears to be occurring on Paradise Island. Many of the pantheon of DC heroes arrive to pay their respects. Uh, Too bad the same can't be said for Lilith, who uh, might as well have just been loaded into a dumpster. Following the service, Superboy, Robin, and Wonder Girl discuss the futility of what they do. Cassie brings up the valid point that they've been heroes for a while now. However, when push came to shove, they were worthless. And this kind of craps all over Young Justice, doesn't it? But I, I, I guess it does serve the story going forward. And it also leads to an eavesdropping cyborg to get an idea. Elsewhere, Dick and Roy are arguing about what comes next. Roy thinks there's still a need for the Titans, but Dick, who's really, really living up to his name here, still isn't feeling it. He pulls his mask off and proclaims the Titans to be just as dead as Donna, who uh, actually might not be dead at all. Because, you see, we we wrap up with Donna in a world of her nightmare. She picks herself up, dusts herself off, arms herself with a shield and a sword, and runs off to meet her next challenge. 
And that's that. <laughs> we open, you know, we have the cover here. It's Donna Troy dead in Nightwing's arms, but she ain't dead. She's alive. She's in this nightmare world that we uh, that we kind of shoehorned into the first issue. Um, kind of silly. Uh, I mean, the th- the thing we, back back on the internet back in the day, the rumor sites said that Paul Levitz, who was at the time president and publisher at DC Comics, he really didn't want the Donna death to happen. And so we have this sort of framework of a nightmare in the epilogue. Um, it, you know, it was also said that Donna would be back pretty quick, and she was. Uh, two years later, she did show up, which makes you wonder why this even had to happen in the first place. Uh, it's just so, so lame. Um, I'm reminded of something Bill Jemis said when he took over control of Marvel uh, back around the turn of the century. When he came in, uh, they had just wrapped up a cluster frig of a story in X-Men called The Twelve, Apocalypse The Twelve. This was a story that had seeds planted like way back in the mid-80s where there were going to be these 12 mutants that could lead mutant kind into the next millennium. And, uh, you know, like Franklin Richards was in there. It was all all like the, the Omega-level mutants, I guess we'd call them now. They were going to be... They were going to be what... what Brought the X-Men into the next uh, the next century, the next millennium. And uh, what we got instead was a really, really rushed and just a... It was really a letdown of a story where the 12 mutants were going to be like... A, they were going to serve as cells and a power battery for Apocalypse. And Apocalypse was going to take over the body of Nate Gray, uh, the kid from X-Men. And uh, it ended with a Cyclops... Uh, Sacrificing himself He sacrificed himself to save Nate Gray Save mutant kind, save mankind And he merged with Apocalypse And, and he died But when Bill Jemis came in They were publishing a miniseries called X-Men, The Search for Cyclops That came out a couple months later, a few months later And in it uh, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Cable Were searching for Cyclops basically As, you know, as the story uh, title might suggest and Bill Jemis saw this and online said, why do we, why did we write a story just to set up this miniseries? You know, why, why did we kill Cyclops at all if we were always planning to bring him back in, in a miniseries to make sure he's back in time for uh, Grant Morrison's new X-Men, you know? And uh, I, I keep thinking that when I, when I read this, because why did we kill Donna if just a couple years down the line we're going to have the Return of Donna Troy miniseries? That... That led into Infinite Crisis, where everything changed anyway. So really, what was the point? There was just no point to this. It was uh, not my favorite. Uh, it did bring up. It did bring us to two series that I enjoyed uh, in Outsiders Volume Three and Teen Titans Volume Three. I thought those were both very good series, at least at the uh, outset. But uh, Killing Donna just seemed like a uh, uh, just a gimmicky. Uh, I don't know. Just it felt gimmicky. Uh, we also have Lilith dying, which was completely overshadowed. Like I said, like they might as well have just loaded her into a dumpster at this point because uh, she was overshadowed by Donna's death. Um, and Lilith's death was actually more permanent than Donna's because she didn't come back until the New 52. And uh, at that point, who, who the hell knew what continuity was? So uh, for all, I'm, I'm sure she actually never died. You know, I'm sure the story never happened. But... Uh, you know, she gets a mention during Donna's funeral, but uh, and, and that her service was a lot smaller. 
I don't know. It just seems like a uh, a waste to do the, to, to do it that way. I mean, why bother killing her at all? Because uh, if you're going to kill Donna, if that's the plan, we're going to kill Donna, we're going to use that as the catalyst to set up these two new teams, then Lilith's death was unnecessary. Um, because, I mean, she really wasn't serving a purpose alive, and so her death didn't mean so much. Uh, we meet Metamorpho again, and uh, we learn that he smells like yeast, which is unfortunate and unpleasant. Uh, <laughs> it feels like every time we're going to see him from this point on, that, that smell is going to be like creeping into the back of my nose, which isn't, isn't pleasant. Uh, <laughs> um, we get the Superman droid here who, uh, eh, you know, I, I don't know what kind of a threat that, that really serves. It, you'd figure for something that's going to change the Titans and the the Titans family, basically, it would be a more Titan-specific sort of threat. And to find out that they 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 got their, you know their butts handed to them by a Superman robot is just uh, it feels like something out of the Silver Age and, and a silly thing out of the Silver Age at that. Um, Dick continues to be a jerk, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, there is a better term, of course, but uh, we'll say jerk instead. Uh, he just snaps at everybody here. It's uh, it's very um, it's very uncharacteristic. I feel um, he he should be a little bit cooler under pressure. Uh, he, he's only really lashed out a handful of times, but uh, that that I can that I consider you know legit lashing out, like when he you know threw Danny Chase under the wall when he made a you know a particularly uh, peachy comment about the death of uh, Jason Todd, but. Uh, I don't know. The uh, this series here, it's it's a hard one to say avoid it because it does lead to a couple of uh, a couple of great series. Outsiders, when it was on, it was it was on really good. Um, and Teen Titans, the uh, Jeff Johns run, uh, that thing hit the ground running. It was a uh, a blast all the way through and, and until Jeff Johns left, unfortunately. But uh, this is sort of a historically important uh, series here because it's. I consider this to be the start of the Dedio era. Um, it, it feels like he went in with a, a bit of a mandate where he's going to shake some things up. And I think uh, bringing back the Outsiders and the Teen Titans were maybe toward the top of his list. Uh, I, I usually jump between this and uh, and Batman Hush as where I see the the Dio era beginning, the, the, the start of it, and the, the start of his vision being implemented on the universe. I, 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 I usually jump between the two. So yeah, there's uh, the three-part Titans Young Justice Graduation Day miniseries from 2003. And uh, I was actually going to discuss this book, or this arc, last episode, because I was coming up on my three-year blogiversary, and... Uh, and since uh, this has a lot to do with education, uh, well, at least thematically, uh, in the title sense at least, uh, education is going to once again become a rather large part of my life. Uh, I mentioned this on the blog last Thursday, On I think it was last Thursday, that I'm going to be returning to uh, grad school to get my EDS in, uh, in school psychology. And... That is going to be taking up a lot of my time moving forward, and considering you know free time is a is a premium as it is, uh, you know we're all busy people in the world, and uh, 
to do a daily blog, to continue a daily blog, and also continue the shows here at the uh, the Chris and Reggie channel, I, I knew that something was going to have to give. Um, and it's actually a good thing I didn't do this uh, this episode two weeks ago because. At that point, uh, I was actually of a mind of ending the blog uh, on the 31st of January. I was just going to end it, uh, draw a line under it, and uh, and just leave it. You know, it was just going to be the end of the blog. Uh, three years was a nice round figure, round number, you know, a, a nice milestone to, uh, to end things on. And uh, I decided that probably around Christmas, New Year's, uh, about a month ago, a month and change ago, uh, where with the third anniversary, it was just going to be the end of uh, Chris's Uninfinite Earths as a regularly updated blog. You know, it was just going to be a thing that I'd visit when I had a moment or when something, you know, particularly grabbed me and I wanted to discuss it. But uh, I found myself going through, you know, the old uh, cliche Kubler-Ross... Uh, <laughs> Stages of grief, you know, where you're in denial, you're in, you're, you're angry, you know, the, 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 the stages of grief. And, uh, you get to, uh, bargaining. And that's, that's my worst one because I, I can bargain and justify things, uh, with reckless abandon to, usually to my own detriment. And, uh, that's kind of what I did here. I, uh, bargained with myself. How could I keep, the Chris's on Infinite Earths blog going as a daily presence, as something I can do, or something I can share every day. Um, and it came to me, and uh, this is no surprise to anybody who has visited the blog this past week, but uh, we did a little bit of a format change, where instead of looking at a different DC comic every single day, we're going to be looking at a different chapter of Action Comics Weekly every single day. Now, Action Comics Weekly is when Action Comics went weekly for 42 weeks back in 1988-1989. This uh, started with Action Comics Weekly number 601 after the landmark Action Comics number 600, which was, uh, I believe, the first meeting of uh, of Superman and Wonder Woman in the post-crisis. Or, or at least uh, at least it really pressed on their uh, relationship, how, how their relationship was going to go forward. Um, very important issue. Very worthwhile issue to check out. But uh, Action Comics Weekly was something I've wanted to cover for uh, basically the whole time I've been doing the blog. Um, uh, especially when we moved into uh, the the Action Comics 100, or the Action 100 project, where I wanted to have 100 issues of Action Comics reviewed before Action Comics 1000 came out. I wanted to pepper in some of the weeklies, but... They're big, they're dense, they're long. Uh, it's six stories. And it's uh, it's six stories starring different characters, some of which appeal to me, some of which don't. <laughs> I mean, there are Dead Man, Phantom Stranger, Black Hawk stories that they didn't immediately call out to me as something that I wanted to check out. But with the new format of the blog going forward, I'm looking at eight-page stories every day. You know, I'm going to be doing an eight-page Green Lantern story, and it, it, it's gonna it's gonna free up time for me, basically, uh, with while still allowing me to uh, to contribute in a way to the uh, to the community, to uh, to folks who, who might enjoy reading my stuff. Um, I've been you know I've been a reader of blogs that just went away, and uh, I never hold that against anybody, but I because I, I, I know life happens. I I, I would never 
tell someone to prioritize a blog over their you know personal life or their work or their school, um, which is kind of what I'm doing. I'm uh, I'm going to minimize the work I do on the blog. Uh, instead of reading a full story and, and breaking it down, it's going to be these shorter bursts, you know. And so for six days of the week, we're going to be looking at an individual chapter of Action Comics Weekly. Uh, at start, we have Green Lantern, Wild Dog, Dead Man, Secret Six, Black Hawk, and a two-page Superman story. So once a week, it'll be just me looking at a two-page Superman strip. You know, it's kind of formatted like a newspaper strip in a way. Uh, so it's going to free up a lot more time for me to where I'm not going to be slacking on on podcasting, on, on the shows. And I'll also be able to, you know, continue working, doing personal life stuff. And and hopefully, once school starts in a couple of weeks, I, I won't miss a beat. You know, it won't, it won't stretch me to my limit. So... I'm hoping that this will be a happy medium. Uh, it, it might blow up in my face once school does start. I might find that there I don't even have time for this. And at that t- at that point, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I uh, I just hated just abandoning the blog. I didn't want to do that uh, personally. You know, I, uh, I I joked during that blog post that that Chris's on Infinite Earths outside of my wife is the longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, the more I think of it, the more scary it is that that might actually be true. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to just quit cold turkey. But uh, we'll see how it goes from this point on. If if you have visited the blog since the uh, since the change, I hope you're enjoying uh, what's there now. Um, the seventh day of the week, we're going to be compiling everything, the whole uh, the whole issue of Action Comics Weekly, into one you know monster sized post. So. If you do just visit once a week, or, or you could just visit once a week and get everything right there at one spot. And uh, I'm trying to implement things like polls uh, on the blog because uh, one of the things Action Comics Weekly did every week in the letters page, they had a poll where uh, where readers could write in to say what their favorite story was. And I think it was done, at least initially, with an idea of kind of controlling what was going to appear, you know? Maybe something that lingered at, like, the least favorite would uh, would be booted off the book, you know, voted off the island in a way. And uh, to make room for something that might, you know, light things up a little bit better. But I figure it'll be a little bit of fun to maybe fish for a little bit of engagement <laughs> in that way, where we're voting on what our favorites are every week. And uh, hopefully that'll all, uh, that'll all pan out, and uh, it'll be an enjoyable thing. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, I'm feeling reinvigorated. I'm feeling less pressure to uh, to perform in a way where it's uh, I can have a little bit more fun with lesser pages and even uh, get this. I can actually read things for fun now. <laughs> I can. Uh, I don't have to bring the book I'm going to be reviewing in the morning to bed with me the night before. You know, I can actually maybe read something for fun uh, every now and again and. Uh, Maybe catch up on my my post rebirth stuff that's just sitting there in about a four foot tall pile in the corner of my room right now. <laughs> I can hopefully get to some of that and uh, maybe learn what's going on in the uh, present day DC universe instead of uh, instead of lingering in the seventies, uh, eighties, and nineties. All right, well that's gonna do it for this episode of Chris's on Infinite Earths. I do appreciate your indulgence. <laughs> it's been a very uh, personal story heavy episode, and if you made it this far, I I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so so much. 
Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. You can visit the show site, Weird Com- not Weird Comics History anymore. It is now chrisandreggie.com. You can visit that, uh, and you'll see our show notes, and uh, I'll have show notes for this and links to the original posts uh, here as well. You can uh, check out the site that this uh, show is named after over at chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. We're now doing Action Comics Daily, so you can check that out if that interests you. You can find us on Twitter at, what are we, Cosmic Team Mill. <laughs> you can find Reggie at Reggie Reggie, and I am at Ace Comics. We've got our Patreon. You can check that out, patreon.com slash chrisandreggie. And uh, I think that might just do it. Uh, thank you so, so much for checking this out. I had a great time visiting with you. So long for now. See ya.